Hi everyone and welcome to Sensational, the special educational needs podcast brought to you by Withersack Group. My name is Molly, I'm the Marketing and Events Officer for the group and today I'm joined by two fellow Withersack Group colleagues. We've got Lois Howard, the IT Infrastructure Manager and Dr Dee Kyber, our Clinical Psychologist at Luxembourg Court School. So today's topic is all about keeping our children safe online, especially our children with SEN who are more vulnerable. I think it's a really relevant subject for the time of year. Obviously, we have school holidays just around the corner. Children are going to be spending more time at home on the PlayStations. We don't always necessarily know who they're speaking to or what it is that they're looking at. So yeah, really important topic. I think it'll resonate really well with our audience. So getting started with today's podcast, I'd like to start with you, Dee. As a psychologist for the group, could you tell us about how you work with children and young people in our schools? Yeah, definitely. So um, my role within the school, I sit within the clinical team in the school. We're a team of a clinical psychologist, a therapist, a speech and language therapist and an occupational therapist. So we kind of work um, with the school and we provide kind of for me specifically, I provide emotional support for the young people. So one to one sessions, um, it could be group work, it could be working with the whole school. So so that's kind of our well, my main main bulk of my work, but I also kind of do a lot of training and teaching and um, speaking to other professionals and, and offering kind of group reflective practice. Yeah, it's well. brilliant. And Lois, if you could tell our audience a bit about who you are, your background and your work. Yeah, so I'm Lois Howard. I've worked for with a Slack group for 17 years, originally as a TA in one of our schools and then from the IT team from about 2013. So my role is to oversee IT for the whole group, making sure that we've got the right safeguards in place for our young people so they can use technology safely. This means things like making sure they can't access inappropriate content, gaming sites, um, and continually reviewing what, what they have got access to. So obviously social media keeps evolving with the likes of TikTok and more. So just making sure that we're we're ahead on things like that and, and keeping up to date with what the, the latest changes are on social media and gaming platforms so we can keep the young people as safe as we can. Yeah, definitely. So back to the topic, um, like you, you've just mentioned, Lois, we'll focus mainly on social media and online gaming today as they're the most sort of relevant topics for our children and young people. I think what's strange about these platforms is there's like the element of them which is like a super creative space you know children get to connect with their friends they get to you know ha- have a like a sense of independence and then obviously there's a darker side which is what we're here to address today which is <clears throat> obviously much more out of our control so starting with you lois when it comes to online safety for children what would you say are the main risks the the main risks are social media Obviously, social media platforms have got people looking for inappropriate content um, and they're looking to remove that as quickly as they can. However, people will get round those algorithms. They will change letters for numbers. They will say it in a way that makes it impossible for their algorithms to detect it. And social media works on a way that it's driven to deliver content it believes you want to watch and what you want to see. So the more content you look at around negative subjects, the more content it will feed you. Um, And then there is the side of being able to message absolutely anyone. Although social media platforms put in settings for people where you can only be contacted by friends or friends of friends, when you first join these platforms, 
there's no advice on how to do that and it doesn't matter what age you are when you sign up it won't say oh I see you're only 13 you should block yourself so it's only people you know and those interactions can be really dangerous particularly with people pretending to be someone they're not or just looking to start a conversation with someone because they're looking to have conflicts with other people online trolling is an absolutely huge thing at the moment and i think some of that's driven by people not realizing how saying something online doesn't take away the hurtful side of it and and doesn't make it fine because it's online um and obviously that that can then grow there's a lot of people on social media who are subject to mass trolling um from people on a, a daily basis on pretty much everything they post and it's it's a really difficult thing for for any social media to fully get on top of because the amount of people they'd need to be able to pretty much view everything anyone ever posted or said would would be a a one-to-one staff team you'd need almost to kind of regulate and and look at that content and Dee, have you got anything to add on that um i think i just echo all of all of lois's points i think um with with our population specifically that we work with a lot of their kind of difficulties come with social communication difficulties they come with um kind of restrictive and repetitive behaviors and interests and and when you put kind of the internet in front of them and gaming and the social media they they latch onto it so so quickly and and there's research that's that's been done and it looks at kind of um for example an autistic population of young people how how prevalent it is in terms of their kind of internet use and their social media use and they tend to spend more time on kind of apps and and all of those sorts of things so I think we're in a generation where the young people are very technologically advanced and then you put an autistic population of young people in there and they're even more technologically advanced so it's kind of um it, it builds on it builds on all of that and I think my work with kind of working with young people social media shows up all the time gaming shows up all the time in sessions and you kind of ask about what what the young person likes to do and what their what their life outside of school is like and they will always mention either their phone use or gaming and it's really really difficult to kind of I guess identify anything outside of those things so hobbies or other kind of things that they enjoy to do because they've latched onto the kind of the tech side of things um and I, and I get it to an extent because it's very easy access to content. You you scroll on Instagram or you scroll on TikTok and it's like 30 seconds of a video and you can gain knowledge from it or it can be something fun to watch and, and it gets kind of addictive to mm-hmm. an extent. Um, but the difficulties with that is that, like you said, it's, it's a lot of it's unfiltered content. Um, I've actually kind of because of the young people that I work with, I, I often kind of just test things out on social media to keep up with things. And recently I kind of, I was working with someone who's got some body image um, difficulties and Instagram have started to put some some things in place, but you can easily bypass it if you just click next, next, next. Yeah. And it's not really, if you've got a young person who's so kind of focused on actually body image issues or whatever it is, and they can just click next to actually access that content, it's not really properly filtering it for them um so yeah i think i think the population that we work with they they can be quite vulnerable um they can take things quite literally they have have often experienced trauma um experienced bullying all of those sorts of things and the kind of online world 
makes all of those things a lot easier for them to access and be an experience yeah essentially. i read a fact on statista.com and it was that children aged between four and 18 years old are spending almost four hours a day on social media alone i mean if you think about that in context of the school day which is where they spend what six or seven hours so essentially they're coming home and spending the rest of the, the evening on the phones um so d how does that how do you think that affects the behavior so a lot of the things that I've seen with the young people is um, withdrawal. So a lot of the young people, when I've kind of talked to them about, okay, what do you do outside of school? Um, they will say, I go to my room, shut the door, and then I don't come down for dinner. And it's because they're gaming. It's because they're on their phone. It's because they're talking to their friends. Whatever it is that they're doing, that's that's what they're doing for, for the bulk of their time at home. Um, and Ofcom do some research every year into kind of social media use and gaming use in um in young people mm-hmm. and it's increasing over time i think it's kind of about 64 percent of the younger population of children so kind of three to three to i would say 14 15 mm-hmm. 16 that sort of age um are using social media and then it jumps to 94 percent in 16 to 18 year olds so all of all of the kids are using it they're, and they're using a using a using it for a big portion of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so behavior wise, one, they're spending all their time on it. Two, they're they're, rec- they're they're I guess being exposed to all this content that, like like we said, is unfiltered. We don't know what it is. Some of it can be positive. Some of it can be really really helpful, and you learn things. But a lot of it is kind of stuff that isn't really kind of accurate. It might be misinformation. Um, there's a lot of false realities online there's a lot of comparison that goes on so people kind of will put out what their lives are like or what their experiences are and um, it it can foster a lot of kind of low self-esteem a lot of anxiety a lot of low mood anger irritability Um, if you try and take a phone off one of these young people they will behave in a way that is really kind of like it's the end of the world for them it's the end of the world um so there's a there's a lot of kind of those behaviors that that creep out and i think um another side of kind of social media use and i think it's important to kind of mention this because a lot of people might not know about these things but there are a lot of viral trends that happen on social media so um i've worked with a lot of young people who've been exposed to things i don't know if you guys have heard of momo but momo was was around a couple years ago and it was I don't even know how to describe it, but it was this this person that was kind of. I think I, I remember home. this. Was it like a creepy photo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and young people are really impressionable, and they will follow things that people say. So Momo yeah. was a trend. There's been the blue whale. There's been pass out challenges. Mm. Um, but I guess even more recently, Andrew Tate, Aidan Ross, all of these kind of um, figures in social media. <clears throat> Young people are really impressionable. They will follow what people say. And our population even more take things quite literally. So, um, the, yeah, there's there's so many things, so many different things that can happen <clears throat> as a result of a young person's social media use. Um, yeah, I think, I think the other thing is with social media now as well, a lot of people use it as the news cycle. The amount of people who will tell you they've, they've heard about something or seen something and it's come from social media. And I think it touches back on that 
it's not the true side of it. So if, if you look at the, the recent Titan disaster, is a prime example of literally that snowballed within hours of hitting the press. There was hundreds of thousands of videos online. There was memes online. There was the people who were, this is a really sad situation. And there's the people on the other side of it saying, well, why would you do it anyway? And I think people then formulate that as taking what actually the whole situation was and how it happened from what they've seen on a bunch of videos or um, I think less these days, people writing lengthy posts on, on Twitter and Facebook. And I think that can make it really difficult for our young people as well, because some of our young people already struggle to see what is and isn't real. So then putting that on a social media platform where the news story is changing every 30 seconds must also be really confusing to understand what is actually going on out there in the wider world, because it, it's so conflicted on people's opinions. Um, and I think, like you said, the body image thing is a really key thing at the minute. You've got all the fit girl summer videos starting, but then on the flip side of that, you've got the forget fit girl summer, eat a pizza, have a burger, drink a bottle of Coke. Um, so it, it, even that must be very confusing if you've got body issue, in, uh, body image issues, because on one hand, you see that you should get really fit and healthy. And then on the other side, you see in the, it doesn't really matter, just do what you want because summer's summer and if you want to eat everything you want to eat, it must be really difficult as a child to be stuck in the middle of that and then to be an autistic child or a child with lower learning abilities or a child with ADHD who's probably already struggling to regulate feelings. It's a very confusing world to live in before you throw social media on top of it and it, it is a minefield of what people can post mm. i think i think on the back of that the other i guess one of the other things is is what we see in in school is a lot of the young people may not be able to focus for long periods of time and that may be as a result of whatever they're they're experiencing so it might be their adhd or whatever it is but adding social media into the mix you've got those really short videos which is kind of feeding that short attention span and not allowing them to kind of step outside of that. So it's kind of, if that's what they're being exposed to outside of school and that's how they get their bite-sized piece of information in school, they're just going to replicate that. And it's it's just feeding that kind of short attention span, not being able to kind of focus on things more than 30 seconds. Um, so yeah, there's, I think it kind of, it feeds some of their, their difficulties. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And so, Lois, we know about the main threats of social media and online gaming. Are there any new mediums or devices that are put, putting children at risk or anything that might come as a surprise to parents? I think games consoles will be the biggest surprise for parents and how much they've moved on. Um, I think a lot of parents at some point will probably have had a Nintendo Wii or an Xbox or a PlayStation starting right back at the original PlayStation 1 and Sega Mega Drive where it was very much disc and cartridge game, play the game and that was it, you saved your progress. If you wanted to play with someone else, they had to be in the room with a controller. Obviously as time moved on, you were able to then start playing with your friends from another location using online sides of things. So Xbox Live, PlayStation Network. Um, and I think it's, it's progressed to such a degree that 
gaming uh, gaming companies haven't really kind of said to people, oh, actually now on Xbox, you can friend anyone you play with on a game. You can just do something called gamer tag bombing. So you can literally pick D's name, for example, and do D71, D72, D96, and just keep going until you find people with those gamer tags to add. Um, and all of that, again, comes with not only written conversation, but audio conversation. You can have phone calls with people over your Xbox. You can video call people from your PlayStation. And I think for a lot of young people, the games console sits in the bedroom where they're having this unregulated contact with strangers while they're playing games, but also outside of that. So there's a lot more cases coming through with the police these days where actually Games consoles are the key thing that are being used for bullying, inappropriate contact. Um, there's a lot of scams going on through gaming these days. So convincing people to hand over V-Books, for example, in Fortnite or trying to get access to people's gamer tags to steal their credit. So I think game consoles are a particular, I think, where people were just going, oh, but they're only playing Grand Theft Auto or they're only playing Fortnite or they're only playing Minecraft, but actually they've got as much access to other people and content and really live unfiltered content. It's pretty much like us talking now in three different places. That is happening. There's no one who's actively listening out for that. Um, and I think that that is a real a real concern that a Nintendo Switch can be used now for talking to someone wherever you are, whether it's in your bedroom or somewhere with Wi-Fi. Um, so yeah, I think games consoles are definitely the the biggest upcoming thing people need to be aware of. Yeah, just my partner's got two two boys, and the other day I was listening. I was upstairs and I was listening in and one of the youngest was on PlayStation. I could hear an American voice and I was thinking, who is he speaking to? But like, I, I didn't know that you could connect with people like to that extent. I thought it had to be people sort of, like you said, within your network. But I didn't, I had no idea that you could, like, how has he got in contact with this guy? Like, you know, it's, it's, it is worrying. Um, so just moving on. Um, so Dee, as, from your experience as a psychologist, what have been the most recent challenges you've seen in relation to pe uh, young people and social media? Um, there's a lot. I think I think with the people with the young people that I'm working with and that I have worked with, um, I think as I've said, kind of the withdrawal of day to day life is a really really big one. Um, they will withdraw from school. They won't want to come into school because they'd rather be gaming all day or on on their phones. Um, they would withdraw from family time. They wouldn't go down to eat dinner with family. They wouldn't, they'd just go up and stay in their room. Um, and you, like I said, you, you kind of see a real fight when they have to kind of give up these gadgets. So we've had a couple of young people that on their way into school will really not want to give in their phone or, or really just want to have access to kind of those sorts of things. Sit in class where kind of um, we have choice time for some of the young people and with their choice time, they want to be on the internet. They want to be on YouTube. They want to be watching stuff, um, which which it just it just shows how ingrained these kind of things are in them. Um, so I guess that's that's the biggest one is the withdrawal and the kind of the the behaviour that comes from that. Um, anger, irritability, anxiety, low self esteem, all of those things are really really common. Um, I guess also with kind of 
fear of missing out because if all your friends are doing it or if all the people that you hear about are doing it and there's constantly ads of new games coming out and um social media and it's talked about quite a lot so if you're not doing it you have this fear of kind of well i'm missing out on something um so i think that's that's also something that's that that shows up um but i think in i guess more more serious stuff is the kind of self-harm is the body image stuff is the kind of personality changes so if you're kind of very impressionable and you're taking on the advice that andrew tate's giving that's really really damaging to kind of you as a person and how you then treat other people as well so um all of those sorts of things can kind of really really show up and they're all things that i've actually seen in in current sessions with people yeah it must you know the the effect the effect must really take its toll on the mental health as well yeah definitely definitely and that's why we've we've seen rises across the years in in young people's uh, kind of mental health in on the whole um i think the pandemic has had a lot to do with it but i think as a result of the pandemic all the young people were at home access to their gadgets all day every day so they might be kind of doing school but in the background they might be on their phone or they might be gaming or whatever it is and there's been a real, real um, decline in people's mental health and young people's mental health, especially across the last couple of years, definitely. Yeah. I even find myself, though, like if I'm spending too much time on social media, I need a break from it. It's just, yeah, yeah. it's not healthy. No. I think it's driving a lot of sleep disorders yeah. as well, I think, because it is that addictive technology, particularly with our young people who don't sleep well already it's driving that even more because whereas they might have laid in the dark for a few hours and then drifted off the they're, they're just stirring at a device and i know um a lot of people i know the the kids basically are first thing in the morning boom phone straight in front of the first last thing at night the phone's in front of the first so not only is it the effect on mental health but then feeding into creating sleep disorders for themselves because it, it's driven by they don't want to put the phone down because they don't want to miss out on something um and i think it it's also starting to drive a lot more of of friendship fractures as well because they they message each other when they've fallen out at school or they've someone said something they didn't like and that then carries on so it's having an effect on the mental health that way because Whereas we all just came home from school and that was it until the next morning, unless you were brave enough to ring the landline or, or knock <laughs> on the front door. I think it, it's a lot easier for some of that to, to carry on for, for weeks um, and months where the kids come into school and act like nothing's wrong, but actually on WhatsApp or Instagram messages, they're, they're having a, an ongoing conflict for absolutely hours, days, weeks, months. And I, I think that, that's also a real challenge as well. And we do see issues in our schools with young people falling out and using social media to carry it on. And then when they come in the next morning, the, the issue snowballed into some massive problem over someone might have just bumped into someone in a corridor. So I think there's a, a real concern there on the, they, they don't get a break from each other either. If, if there is conflict, it's, it's just carried on on social media. And it just, it, they have that barrier there then when they come home you know it's like that keyboard warrior they, they think they can say what they want and there's going to be no repercussions so lois as a parent what measures can i put in place to ensure my child with sen is safe at home 
So a lot of internet providers provide free web filtering. Again, it's something that isn't massively advertised by the likes of BT and Sky. Um, but if you contact them or log into your online portal, you should see that you can switch that on. A lot of home routers as well, if you look for guidance, you can actually limit internet time. So if you are looking to enforce downtime on, on your child, you can set your router to go off at 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock, whatever time it might be, and not come on again until a certain time next morning. Obviously, just need to be conscious of if they've got a mobile data sim that the internet going off obviously won't stop it working. Um, but I think education is, is the key thing. I think people are, are almost kind of, I don't know, resonant and, and scared to sit the young people down and tell them what the dangers are online. But we're not as scared to say to our young people, don't talk to a stranger in the street or don't get in someone's car if you don't know them. And, and those same principles apply online. Um, we did an IT forum earlier this year and I asked everyone to write down the dangers to our young people when they're out and about in public and then said to them, right, okay, I want you to look at that again and cross off everything that isn't, you know, a potential danger online and nothing got crossed off. And I think it, it's looking as a, as a parent, as a carer, as an auntie, an uncle, a friend, actually all the things we're teaching our young people about when they're out in person are actual real dangers online. It is teaching, it's looking at what's out there and saying, okay, I've, I've read that gamer, gamer theft is a thing, gamer tag mm -hmm. theft, and this is what it might look like. Someone might start asking you what your primary school was or what your mum's maiden name was or your first pet's name and, and teaching young people that actually they're vectors for identity theft. And that that's potentially what someone's doing. So while it might be a genuine interest of what your first guinea pig was called, actually that person knows you've probably used it as a security question. Um, so yeah, I think it, it's not being afraid to have those open conversations with you young people. It's got to be at the level, obviously, you can't, you can't start talking to them about um, internet trolling if they're only just starting out on their internet journey because it won't make any sense to them but I think it's it's not being afraid to look yourself I think hiding back from what the dangers are of being online isn't helpful for yourself as a parent let alone helpful for your young person and about honesty being open and honest about what's going on on the internet is the key thing for our young people if you don't like what you've seen then tell someone don't keep it to yourself if your TikTok feed is coming up with a lot of stuff that's upsetting content and you're not sure how to deal with it then speak to someone whether it's at home or school it's that honest conversations that people need to have yeah definitely and d as a parent what strategies could i implement at home when i feel my child's mental health is becoming affected by their use of social media hmm. i think i guess i, I Echoing what, what Lois has said, I think obviously kind of parental controls and like you said, Lois, like turning the Wi-Fi if needed, if needed. Um, learning about the different apps, I think learning about the different games that you've got knowledge of them, you know what they look like, what happens in them. Like you said, kind of you didn't know that you could connect with people from across the world. Um, so actually learning about what your child is using so that you have that knowledge. 
Um, and then teaching and then educating. I think those are really, really good points that Lois has kind of mentioned. Um, I guess with, with regards to mental health, um, I guess it's also about the, the parental boundaries that you put in in the first place. And, and sometimes it's, it's very difficult to have those in the first place because the child has already got access to all of these things and you have to kind of come in and put them in. Um, but boundaries are really, really important and actually having really clear and consistent boundaries of what is allowed and what maybe isn't allowed, what's okay, what's not okay, um, and enforcing them because at the end of the day, um, this is this is a child with, with additional needs, if we think about the population that we work with, um, but it is a child at the end of the day and you are a parent. And um, if your child is up until 3am on their phone, that's not an SEN need, that is a parenting thing. So it's about putting those consistent boundaries in and those really clear rules in about what's okay, what's not okay. Um, things like no, no mobile phones in bedrooms or kind of no consoles in bedrooms where possible. Um, reviewing the apps, understanding what your, your young person is using. Um, but I think a big part of it, of it also is kind of a lot of young people are driven to social media use and gaming and, and all of those things because they don't have anything else to do and they're not engaging in anything else. So what I would suggest is also kind of thinking about what are their interests and how can you engage those in a different way? How can you build up their hobbies? How can you build up them getting out into the world and doing other stuff rather than sitting at home on a, on a console. Um, so replacing the activity might be kind of quite useful. And that does, it, it's quite time intensive from you as a parent, but it then in the long run is giving that child something else to be interested in and something else to do. Um, I guess another part of it might be around kind of understanding where the child's coming from, because they might have really valid reasons of why they want to game or what they, what they get out yeah. of it. Um, out of social media so there has to be a balance between kind of recognizing the dangers of it but also recognizing what the young person is getting and, and hearing them and, and understanding their point of view too so sometimes um what i've suggested for parents to do is why don't you just join them for a game why don't you see what it's about they might not want you to but they might also really enjoy spending that time with their dad playing x y and z or on their console it must, yeah like um, you said, it might just be that sort of connection the the looking for yeah yeah exactly so so it has to be a really kind of balanced thing with boundaries and and consistent kind of rules and all of those sorts of things but it might be that they just want you to join them um and that that that's a really kind of helpful thing i guess if you're noticing some of the things that i've mentioned before in terms of like anger or personality changes or they're kind of withdrawing a lot and they're really irritable or you'll notice, or, or you're just concerned, or your gut feeling is that something's not right here, um, you can always speak to professionals, always kind of speak to either school, if school's not open and it's holidays, then speak to your GP, speak to CAMS. Um, there's loads and loads of places that you can kind of get information from and get support from, um, especially if you're not kind of, I guess, if you feel like you're not knowledgeable in that area, there's always people that can help. Yeah. And... So we hear lots of stories about children, particularly our vulnerable children, being asked uh, to send money or encouraging them to click on links that could cause computer consoles to get hacked. I know we've briefly spoke about this, Lois. Um, when it comes to issues such as online gaming spending and hacking, what advice can you give to prevent a parent from this happening? Um, so particularly around spending, I know this can be a massive problem with, with our young people. Um, 
mainly because they, they don't really perceive where that money comes from. So if they're in the middle of Fortnite and it pops up and says, hey, we've got a really great deal on V-Bucks, 50% off, um, and they click buy now and it, it works, they will carry on clicking it every time it says buy now. And this actually happened to one of my friends with her little boy on his uh, iPad. He was playing Minecraft. He thought he'd worked out how to get Minecraft money for free because the card was attached to the App Store account. Um, and obviously the bank statement then came through and they realized quite a significant amount had gone onto App Store. And when they looked into it, that's what it was. And that was just his understanding that because he clicked it and it didn't ask for anything else, it was free money because he didn't understand what buy now meant. Um, so things like when you're setting up your young person's games consoles, nine times out of 10, they ask for a payment method in the initial thing. There has been a massive call because of in-app purchases for that to change and to be able to set it up without a payment method from the start. Obviously, with a lot of things now being online purchase, you're going to have to add a card at some point, but particularly for in-app spending, either put a restriction on that needs a parental passcode or um password or some kind of authentication from yourself to authorize that purchase so you don't get any big shocks on your bank statement at the end of the month when when you find your young person spent 50 60 pound on on in-app purchases so i think it's it's trying to to keep ahead of it yourself to know what's coming so you can look online on likes of nspcc and internet matters are really good at putting articles out there and a lot of them have newsletters you can sign up to that come through on email. Yeah, I think the main thing to take away is just educating young people, isn't it? Yeah, and educating yourself. I think it's for, for 10, 15 minutes on some of these websites, you can learn so much. You don't have to know how the game controller works to understand what your young person's doing on an Xbox. And you don't have to understand how to create a 30 second TikTok video to be able to see the content that your young person's viewing. So I think it is trying to not let your own technology boundaries prevent you from keeping young people safe. Yeah, definitely. And last question, I think we've answered about three questions in one in that conversation. Um, so last question for you both. If our audience could take just one key bit of information away today, what would it be? I'll start with you, Dee. <laughs> okay. Um, I would say education, educating yourself, education, educating your young people. Um, the more knowledge that you have about these things, the more that you can be aware of what's going on. Um, I went on some training, I think it was last year or the year before, I went on to tra training with the Google Academy and I was surprised, I thought I was up to date with things. I was surprised to hear about five different apps that I'd never, ever heard of. Um, so it's, it's about understanding and recognizing kind of that there are constantly things being developed in the tech world. Mm -hmm. And these are things that are accessible to our young people, constantly new games coming out, constantly new additions to games coming out. Um, so it's just learning about what, what those mean for our young people, what they look like, how our young people are accessing them, and then what those risks could be in educating your young person about them. Um, I think one of the things that I would say is young minds on their website have a good kind of guide to, for parents for gaming and internet use and social media. Um, and I, I've ha had a look through it and it's, it's quite comprehensive. So, um, yeah, if you're worried, 
have a look at that as well. Yeah, perfect. And anything for you to add, Lois? No, I think it, it's kind of echoing what Dee said. It's, it is the education, young people, parents, family members, making sure that, that you are up to date. Um, honesty, I think, is the other big one. You know, yes, some of the things that are happening online are, are really scary for our young people to hear. But if we're not educating about them and being honest about them, then actually that's going to have more repercussions um, so while you want to protect your child, actually being honest about what is happening out in the world is, is a big part of protecting your child and looking at what's out there. So Internet Matters, CEOPS, NSPCC, Childline, Bernardo's, uh, Vodafone, BT have all got some really great resources. And a lot of these websites will break it down into age groups as well for things you can actually look at with your with your child so you don't just have to take all that knowledge in yourself you can actually sit down with them and go through activities and child-friendly material so i think that yeah education and if you if you're really struggling and you've no idea where to start then reach out to your child's school and ask them for some help if they're not sure they'll contact us as an IT team or they'll contact clinical and we can hand out information and links and resources for people to access. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. Uh, that's all for today's podcast. I'd like to say a big thank you to you both. It was a really brilliant episode. If you've listened to today's podcast and you're wanting to access more free support, you can head to our website. We've just had a revamp of our resources section. So you can now filter by need and category. So there's lots of information there to refer to. You just visit withaslapgroup.co.uk forward slash resources. Thank you again to all of our listeners and hope you can join us again soon. Dee and Lois, thank you and bye for now.